guys and welcome back to another episode of the Gen Z Football Report. Now in today's episode I'm going to recap the matches that occurred within the last week. Um, so basically from the first game back from the restart which was Villa v Sheffield United all the way up to Man City v Burnley yesterday morning. Uh, also in this episode I'll share my analysis from a match of my choice in a little bit more depth. And following that I'll move on to a new segment called Moments of the Week. And to end the episode, I'll preview the matches for the upcoming week, along with my predictions. So with that being said, let's head on to our first segment, Match Week Recap. During the week, we finished Match Week 28 with the two games restarting the season, along with the start and completion of Match Week 30, and I'll just go through the results real quick. So we had Aston Villa v Sheffield United to restart the season and they drew 0-0. And Sheffield were pretty unlucky not to end up with the three points as there was a goal line technology blunder. Um, there we're moving on. We had Man City uh, defeating Arsenal 3-0, otherwise known as the David Luiz disaster class. And I'll be analysing that match in depth later on. Um, Southampton defeated Norwich 3-0, Tottenham and Mans, uh, not Man City, Man United drew 1-1 in a game of two halves pretty much, Watford and Leicester drew 1-1 which included some late, late drama, Brighton beat Arsenal 2-1 which saw Arsenal fall at the final hurdle again, Wolves defeated West Ham 2-0, Palace defeated Bournemouth 2-0, Newcastle defeated Sheffield 3-0, uh, Chelsea defeated Aston Villa 2-1 in a comfort behind victory, Everton and Liverpool drew 1-1 in a pretty boring encounter. And lastly, Man City belted Burnley 5-0. Um, in terms of surprising results, I'd have to say... I would say Leicester drawing with Watford was pretty, pretty surprising considering the positioning on the table. But um, yeah, Watford somehow claiming a point after Leicester scored in the 90th minute. Um, yeah, it it, it had a, an exciting finish to it, um, and I feel like Leicester should have won that game. Um, on paper, they should have won the game. Uh, during the game, it was quite bland, but towards the end of the game, you could tell Leicester were really pushing for that last goal, and they got it, but then Watford, of course, scored again. I think it was in the 93rd minute. Um, and then my other surprised result was Brighton beating Arsenal. Now, before... The Man City game, I probably would have had Arsenal beating Brighton. And then after the Man City game, I would probably say it would be tighter. But considering my predictions from last week, I had Brighton going down in the relegation zone. So I still feel like Arsenal should have won this game on paper. So yeah, in terms of just overall momentum, I think that's what trumped Arsenal in the end. Brighton just had Brighton just had too much of the... Too many more opportunities towards the end of the game and obviously trumping them right at the end. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to move on to my in-depth analysis, which was Man City v uh, Arsenal, that was. So I watched the Man City v Arsenal game uh, pretty closely, uh, along with a uh, number of games throughout the week. But this one, I feel like it had it all compared to other games. I watched the... Uh, Liverpool Everton game. I watched the City Burnley game. What other game did I watch? I watched uh, Tottenham Man United. Uh, but I feel like this game had a lot more action in it and it had a lot more to analyse because um, I think I had. There's a few moments in the game that really switched the pace and gave City the win in the end. Um, so I'll go through it real quick. 
Um, so for the, uh, I'd say for the first 10 minutes or so, the game was just settling in. It was a bit back and forth, as you can expect, about three months off. Um, but then after that, it just came crashing down for Arsenal. That's all it took was 10 bloody minutes. Um, uh, Arsenal lost Granit Jacker in the eighth minute, and he was replaced by Danny Ceballos. Um, and then in the 24th minute, so only 16 minutes later, Pablo Mari goes down and he's replaced by David Luiz. And a lot of people can just, <laughs> a lot of people know what happened next. Um, Man City's first two goals were based off David Luiz's mistakes. And that's practically where the pace switched. And it was his only real contribution he made to the game. And it wasn't a positive one at all. Um, the first goal, he should have easily cleared the ball. Um, however, he just knocked it straight into the path of Sterling, who smashed it past Leno. So had a one 0 lead going into half time. Off a pretty, I don't think that City really deserved that goal at the point. But obviously, after the David Luiz mistake, he should have been punished for it, and he did. Um, and then early in the second half, David Luiz, I think it was forty ninth minute, David Luiz brought down Reid Mares in the penalty area. Um, and forced a penalty and a red card to his name, ending his 25-minute disaster class, as it is known now. And De Bruyne converted the penalty, making it 2-0. So City are up 2-0 early in the second half against the 10-men Arsenal, who already used two substitute injuries. It doesn't look very well. Um, they only had three left, but still City hadn't used a sub at this point. Um, and Matteo Guendouzi was playing at centre-back for a good 20 minutes before he was subbed off. So it's just a shamble on the holding on by thread. Um, the game kind of drifted off. Um, so we got towards the end of the game. Uh, in the 89th minute, Edison absolutely clattered into Eric Garcia as he comes out of the box to clear it. Uh, Garcia doesn't see him coming. And yeah, he was appear he appeared to be knocked out and he had to be stretched off the field. Uh, and Man City were left with 10 men for probably a, another 10 minutes. I think the game went to about 100 minutes. Um, so they were, yeah, left with 10 men for the rest of the match, but Phil Foden scored only two minutes later to claim a 3-0 victory. Now, I was meant to record this yesterday, but I will talk about it real quick. And the discussion I wanted to open was on the lines of David Luiz, and I've seen in the media and on Twitter that Arsenal need to make a decision on his contract as it expires at the end of the June, at the end of June. My question was, should Arsenal offer Louise another year or part ways? And I was originally going to say yes anyway, because I don't think Arsenal, if teams like, obviously I don't know every team's financial status, but if teams like Liverpool are losing money and can't afford to make transfers, I don't think it leaves teams with Arsenal much hope to do the same. So with that being said, I feel like, they should hold on to him for at least another year um, before, because they're not going to be able to bring in a bigger name, um, a better player. So that was my original thought before the game, uh, before the before today. So when I woke up this morning, I saw reports that he had been offered another year. So that is the right, I feel like that is the right decision, even though people are outraged that he keeps playing really bad and he's not making a real contribution to the team but I feel like a lot of players go through that go through a little phase even though he is older and he he's probably doing it. it's the same with it with Lovren at Liverpool he he doesn't he's not the best center back at our, at our club but 
he does his job most of the time. And I feel like when he does make a mistake, the fans do get on his back. But at the end of the day, do he, is it necessary to replace him? No. Um, but I was going to open that up. I was going to put a poll up um, after the podcast went out, but obviously stuff has already been resolved. So it looks like he will be there for another year. Um, but yeah, interesting to see what other people would say about that because I might um, make a poll saying, are you happy with Louise getting another year with Arsenal? Because I would be interested to see what other people have to say about that, especially Arsenal fans, considering they're the ones outraged by him. Um, so that's basically my recap of the match. I feel like the main turning point of the game was the Louise. Actually, thinking about that again, I feel like they were very unlucky at the start. Two injuries in the first 25 minutes. It's a bit unlucky. Unfortunate, let's say. Um, but then having to bring on David Louise to make two more mistakes and get sent off isn't ideal. And I think that's where the game really turned and... Arsenal were able to, uh, Arsenal, Man City were able to take um, advantage of that and they well and truly finished them off 3 0. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's it for my recap. Um, I want to get more people on the podcast and I had planned to get my mate on the podcast and he was going to do a match as well so then we can get a couple more games in, a bit more recap, but unfortunately he wasn't able to make it today. But he, I'll hope. I'll hopefully get him in next week um, so we can get two match recaps in. He'll do one, I'll do another. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I'll move on to my next segment, which is moment of the week. So each week there are many moments that have an impact on certain games or the league itself, and I thought I could make a segment out of it. Um, and we can evolve the way this works in the future, but this week I'm just going to select the moment that stood out for me most. Um, I was tossing up between two moments that I've already half mentioned or one I've mentioned more than the other uh, I was tossing up between the finish between the Leicester Watford game and the David Louise mishap um, but I've gone with the David Louise disaster class I've talked about it uh, just before in my analysis but it was a real shocker it just went from bad to worse for him uh, gifting Man City two easy goals isn't giving your team the best advantage. And in fact, it's probably the worst disadvantage that you could have. Um, and it's just unheard of. Like, I can't. I simply can't think of an individual performance that was seriously worse than that. He was on the pitch for only 25 minutes. He gave away not one, but two goals and got sent off. And I feel like that's just my moment of the week. I feel like if that had been against a smaller team rather than Man City, it would have been a little bit more significant. But obviously, I feel like Man City were probably going to win that match anyway. But if they had been against Brighton, say, that would have been a real outcry from Arsenal supporters. Um, but that being said, that is my moment of the week. Um, I'm thinking of ways to evolve this. I might have like a 1-2-3 system because um, I did have a couple others that I was going to, to throw in there. Um, but obviously, if I have a guest, they'll have a moment of the week as well. Um, so that'll be fun. So I'll just move on to Premier League preview. So the next uh, week of upcoming games, we'll talk about that next. Okay, so in this segment, I'm going to preview the upcoming Premier League fixtures for the next week. Uh, up until next episode is due to come out, which is next Tuesday. Oh, 
next Wednesday, but I'll be recording it on the Tuesday. Um, so from here till Tuesday morning, as well as that, I'll select my match of the week, which is one of the games that I feel like will have uh, will be the most exciting throughout the week. Um, and that will entail another upcoming segment that you'll hear soon about in further episodes. So not today's episode. I'll most likely do this um, new segment with a with a guest. Um, so it's a bit more of a head-to-head thing. Um, and as well as that, I'll have a live thread on our Twitter page at GZ underscore football. Um, a live thread of the match. And then afterwards, I'll have my thoughts about the match, uh, my recap, as well as player ratings. So, with that being said, the upcoming Premier League fixtures for this week, from now until next Tuesday, we had, obviously, Leicester v Brighton was this morning. Um, I predicted that to be 2-1, but that was a 0-0 draw. Uh, Tottenham West Ham, I predicted 2-0. It was 2-0. So, pleased with that. Uh, the other fixtures that are coming through for this week, we got Man United v Sheffield United, Newcastle v Aston Villa, Norwich v Everton, Wolves v Bournemouth, Liverpool v Crystal Palace, Burnley, Watford, Southampton v Arsenal, Chelsea v Man City, and then the start of match week 32, we have uh, Villa v Wolves, Watford v Southampton, and Palace v Burnley. Um, As far as predictions go for those ones, I'll go through them again, and I'll give a score prediction for each one. So for Man United Sheffield, I'm going to predict 2-1. I feel like... um, Sheffield have been unlucky in the last couple of weeks. I think they'll get one goal, but United will get the better of them. Newcastle v Aston Villa. I feel like it'll be a little bit of a goal fest. Aston Villa need to get out of that relegation zone, so they'll be fighting hard. But again, I think Newcastle will get the better of them. That'll be 3-2. Everton v Norwich. Um, I don't know what to expect from Everton. Uh, they did keep Liverpool goalless, but they should get the better of Norwich. I've gone with Everton with a 2-0 win. Wolves beat Bournemouth, a game with Bournemouth need to get out of the relegation zone, but I don't think it's going to happen today, or that day against Wolves. We're going 2-0 against Bournemouth for Wolves. Now, Liverpool v Crystal Palace. I've gone with a 3-1 Liverpool win. We're expecting Liverpool to have Salah back and Robertson back, even though James Milner and Matip are out. I feel like Liverpool pretty much almost have a full strength side because I, I think Joe Gomez is almost preferred over Joel Matip. So Liverpool, a full strength Liverpool against Crystal Palace at home, even though there's no crowd. I feel like that still should be a pretty significant win. So 3-1 Liverpool. Burnley v Watford, I've gone with a 1-1. Watford would manage to get a draw out of um, Leicester. I feel like they could do the same out of Burnley. Southampton v Arsenal. Now with Arsenal... And Southampton, they're they're pretty closely placed on the on the table, so I'm gonna say a two-all draw. Chelsea v Man City. Now with this one, I've I've been thinking it's going to be a draw, but I'm gonna change it right now. I'm gonna say City win that two-one. I had it one-one, but I feel like City coming off the back of a five-nil Burnley win. I uh, I feel like City will get the better of Chelsea on that day keep the title race alive for now. Um, and then for the start of match week 32, I've got Wolves beating Villa 2-0, Southampton beating Watford 3-1, and Palace and Burnley in a nil-all draw. 
So from these matches, my match of the week is going to be Chelsea v Man City, which is on the Friday, the 26th of June at 5.15am. Uh, that's Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is where I'm based. Uh, so I'll have a live match thread during that match, and following the match, I'll provide my thoughts and insight, as well as player ratings. And with that being said, that is all I have planned for today's episode. So, if you do have any more ideas for me, I do have a fair few ideas, but I don't want to make the episodes too long. But if you do have any further ideas, be sure to tweet at us at GC underscore football. Um, and make sure to follow me um, at Tommy Hay, at underscore Tommy Hay, sorry. Um, as I do talk about football as well. I do talk about AFL as well for my Australian viewers if you're interested in AFL. Uh, also interested in making an AFL podcast as well so hopefully if I do get time for that it's something I'm uh, I'd be passionate about doing um so I hope you enjoyed this episode again if you'd like to share your opinions with us tweet us at jz underscore football also make sure to follow um at jz underscore football for our match of the week analysis as well as our live threads uh, thanks for listening and be sure to hear from us or from me hopefully another guest next week see ya